Welcome to this episode of CDN Media's Executive Insights. I'm your host, J.D. Miller, and we have a fantastic episode for you today. I'm joined by Annalisa Miller. Annalisa is the group CISO for Spectrus, a world leader in specialist engineering and manufacturing of precision technology services, employing more than 8,000 people in more than 30 countries worldwide. Annalisa has been with Spectrus for going on four years, and before that had stints at Merlin Entertainment's Ernst & Young, HCL Axon, and more. We have a lot to talk about today. In a world turned upside down by the global pandemic, is there room to embed a sustainable cybersecurity culture? We're gonna tackle that and much more. When we come back, Annalisa. Welcome, Annalisa. Hi, JD, nice to see you. So Annalisa is going to be speaking at our UK summit coming up in a few weeks, and uh, I'm excited to have you. And in your talk, you've got in your abstract, a world turned upside down by the global pandemic. Is there room to embed a sustainable cybersecurity culture? What are you getting at there? I think it's fair to say that everyone has been impacted, and there's a lot of adjustment that people have made. Um, whether it's working from home or trying to juggle homeschooling with work um, or or even just the underlying anxiety that people are sort of handling with the fact that there's a virus out there um, and there's there's a lot of uh, you know concern for for the well-being of their friends and family there's all of this stuff going on and while all of that's going on our jobs as security professionals are more important than ever. And we still need to make sure that our workforces have access to the right information, they know what to do, uh, they know what behaviors are acceptable and which ones aren't when it comes to using technology in a secure way. And the point here is, well, with all of that stuff going on, how do we get those messages across and how do we make sure there's room for people to be able to absorb the important security messages um, that, that we have when there's all of this other stuff going on as well. How do you gauge if your organization is ready to embrace a cyber culture and what does that take? Mm. Slightly controversially perhaps because it it kind of goes against the name of this session, but I would argue (laughs) in most organizations, you probably don't need to have a separate cyber culture. What you actually probably need to do is really get under the skin of what makes your organization tick, what makes your organization successful, and then what do people need to do from a security perspective to help do that even more. So it's really about finding the way to integrate security into the existing organization structure um, and culture. And, And I think there will be examples where organizations perhaps don't have a very strong culture. They may not have values that people really think about on a daily basis or or, or try and work to on a regular basis. And you may need to introduce something quite different and security might be leading the way. But I think those organizations are probably more the exception than the rule. So do you start at the top there? Do do you start with the executive team or or how do you build that internally? Yeah, I think there's a... um, There is a good strategy around starting with tone from the top, convincing your executive committee, your board, your leadership um, teams across across your organization 
um, what they need to do and how they can help to cascade those messages. But I don't think it's the only thing to do. I think you need to um, find multiple angles to help people. And this is what I, I really want to get across is the fact that this is really a service to your organization. This is about giving people the information and the tools and, and the open door to further help should they need it rather than trying to hammer in additional work or additional hurdles for people to go over, which I think is, you know, you sort of wind back five or 10 years. That's how everyone perceived security to be really. Well, we know that tools and processes help protect organizations, right? But you make an argument that culture can help protect your business from sophisticated attackers. Tell me more about that. If people um, feel strongly connected to an organization through that, through the values, through the culture. Um, and if security is part of that and it's front of mind, then this is slightly harder now that people aren't necessarily in an office together as much as, as we all were sort of 12, 18 months ago. But if people are quick to recognize a phishing email, for example, if they know what to do and if they care about the outcome of that phishing email they will start to spread the word between their colleagues or they'll escalate it to a service desk or to a security person that they know much more quickly when they care about it and when it's part of their culture um, so that's one example of how it can help it's the it's the human defense if you like and the the fact that people basically give a shit. yeah yeah, it, it makes a big difference. How, how do you think that's changed over the last, let's say, you know, the, the pandemic's made a, a big impact, but really over the last 12 to 18 months? I, that's a, it's an interesting thing. And perhaps it hasn't changed as much as I would like everywhere, um, but I think it is certainly changing. And part of the reason for that is that people are getting more experience of what security issues can actually mean to them. I think people are finding their personal accounts as well as their work accounts being disrupted or intercepted. And when you have that direct experience, it, it suddenly makes it much more real, uh, makes it a lot easier to understand what these security people have been talking about for all these years, about these bad guys and these cyber criminals. Oh my God, if it actually happens to you, you're going to get it. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think the media have played a big part in it as well. Um, you know, that we, we see a lot more in the news about, you know, particularly large security incidents um, and some really awful and, um, you know, re really distressing news, particularly about things like ransomware attacks on hospitals that then actually have, you know, a, a significant and fatal um, uh, outcome, which is something that, that, you know, I think is absolutely appalling. Um, but I think the media does help to raise awareness in that respect as well. Without giving too much away on your talk, you outlined three key areas to protect against cybercrime. Define and disrupt. Uh, be ready to answer the so what and the big why questions and and keeping it real. Let, let, let's dissect those just a little bit. Talked about uh, define and disrupt. So the define and disrupt piece really is about what we were saying at the beginning, which is, you know, is it really a cybersecurity culture or is it how cybersecurity fits into your organization's culture? So it's that definition of how are you going to find the channels and the mechanisms to, do, to deliver the messages that your workforce need to hear. And then once you've figured that out and you've, you've kind of got your plan, B 
be prepared to do something just a little bit different that's memorable and remember that if you invoke an emotional response to something people are more likely to remember it um, and, and more likely to learn from it so I think historically with security, people have gone with fear. Um, I prefer humor. And I do think if you can find a fun way or a funny way of delivering what are fundamentally quite depressing messages, um, then you're probably gonna have a bit more success, um, you know, getting your messages across. So that's the define and disrupt. I don't mean disrupt people's days or their day jobs um, by bombarding them with loads of security messages. I mean, just doing something a little bit differently that perhaps people wouldn't have expected. Um, and, and that will help hopefully help you land your messages. In terms of answering the big so what and the big why questions, it, something that I really like to do um, when I'm thinking about culture and awareness and landing messages is, well, what does this mean to somebody who's probably not that worried about security on a day-to-day -day basis and actually has a very demanding and busy day job? So put yourself in their shoes or actually go out and ask the people that have typically resisted any training and awareness um, campaigns in the past and be prepared to, to test and challenge your approach. You know, so what if I click on a phishing link? What does that mean even? Or, or why does it matter if I don't escalate this um, encrypted file to the service desk as soon as I see it? And if you're able to answer those questions, then people will have an easier route to understanding why what you're doing is important and why their behaviors and their actions are important as well. And then I think keeping it real, I believe in reward and recognition for, for people who really get it and celebrating success when people are really good at security. And if you can find a way, if you have an intranet or a newsletter or some way that you communicate with um, large groups of people at your business, um, if you can use those stories in a really positive way, um, people will learn from them because they can relate to them a lot more easily. And it's self-reinforcing because it's relevant to your organization. Um, it's, it's you know the people, the processes and the technology that are all embedded within your organization. And I think that becomes a really good self-reinforcing way of building a bit of a sort of subculture within your culture. And it reminds people that actually it wasn't a problem for somebody to, to, um, to do these things. Actually, it was a brilliant thing. It helped the organization um, and it's, it's going to help the future and the sustainability of that organization as well. Fantastic. Well, people come to hear you speak. What do you want people walking away knowing and learning? I think... I hope that most of the people that, that um, will, will come to this session will know a lot of this stuff already, but hearing it all pulled together will make it seem a lot more achievable. I don't think there's any question that, that helping a workforce that aren't necessarily technologists or aren't necessarily um, thinking about security every waking moment of their lives, like we do, <laughs> and that, that we have a service and it's an important service. Um, and although it does take some planning and thought and um, some work to keep the momentum going, it is eminently doable. And I'm hoping that, that some of the tools and tricks that we'll talk about in the session will, will inspire some people to go away and, and really kind of put some, some weight behind their existing training and awareness courses or, or their culture in general at their organization. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Annalisa.
That was a pleasure and thank you very much. If you'd like to attend our UK summit on March 18th, go to sisosummit.uk or cdmmedia.com. As always, you can hear past episodes of CDM Media's Executive Insights on cdmmedia.com. I'm JD Miller and remember to keep connecting.